Welcome to another episode of the Peak Performance Selling Podcast, where we interview top sellers and sales leaders to learn the different tips, tricks, and mental strategies that they use to create sustainable peak performance. Let's get rolling. Welcome to today's episode of the Peak Performance Selling Podcast. Today, as always, but even more so, I'm incredibly excited to welcome on Sam Schulman, who is currently sitting in the Director of Corporate Sales role at HubSpot, but over his almost 10-year journey at HubSpot has held a lot of different roles in a lot of different locations, working across the globe, helping us open offices, lead sales teams. And not only has he stood out as an absolute rock star performer, leader, but also brings a level of approach to his sales leadership style that I don't think you see classically in sales leaders. Um, Sam is somebody that I've gotten a chance to know who has been an absolute champion for diversity and inclusion in sales, women in sales, and really making it a welcoming place for anybody of any walk of life to not only stand out, but also excel and doesn't have the aggressive tactics that you think about in a traditional seller, but has a little bit different approach that I'm really curious to pull out of him today to hear about how he thinks about selling, how he thinks about leadership, how he thinks about growing and developing leaders and teams, and ultimately how he can stay balanced and even killed through that entire process through being an absolute rock star uh, for many, many years and through different stages and phases uh, of organizations. So Sam, welcome onto the show. Jordan. Wow. Thank you. Amazing intro. Appreciate that. Luckily you make it easy on me. So (laughs) I've always got to start to understand a little bit more about how'd you get into the sales journey? Did you think you were going to start out in sales and talk to us a little bit about, you know, What's got you to where you're at today? Yeah, for sure. So I did not really know about sales growing up. Didn't come from a family where my parents were in sales or anything like that. I always thought I'd be a lawyer. My dad is an attorney. He kind of talked me out of it in college uh, when I was graduating and said, you don't really want to practice law. Don't get a law degree to like open doors to something else down the road, figure out what that something else is. And if you have to do grad school to get there, go for it. So I had really loved study abroad in Madrid. When I was a junior, I interned at a marketing agency that's actually incidentally now a HubSpot partner. And I knew I wanted to live and work abroad again. So graduating college, I was looking for a foundation in business. To me, that meant marketing or sales. I wasn't going to do finance. Uh, I didn't really know what sales was about, but I found Meltwater, which is a media monitoring software company. And they have a lot of international offices and a training program where they send you abroad if you do well in your home office. So I joined them in Boston, learned what a quota was, learned what a cold call was, sourced my own business, cut my teeth, got a transfer to Israel after a little while and opened Tel Aviv office with them back in 2012. And that's uh, before I came over to HubSpot or no, 2011. So we're going back, but that was my start in sales. Awesome. And what have you learned? What did you start to learn about, you know, working internationally early on? And then I know you've done a few different stints internationally opening offices uh, within the HubSpot organization. 
what have you learned around differences uh, across international sales, different cultures, different geographies versus some of the experiences you've come back to the United States? Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting, right? There's a lot, people are people. People want to buy from people. Relationship matters everywhere. Matters more in some cultures than others. Uh, And I think that preparation and research go a long way in every culture. So there's a lot of overlap. And I think that by exposing oneself to more cultures and diversity of thought makes you stronger, makes you more able to adjust in the moment when you get a curveball in one of your, one of your deals. And I'd say when I worked at Mia, you know, certainly some cultures really appreciate a lot more context and documentation and preparation and others are, are looking to get, you know, to the point really quickly. Others have the niceties and you, you just need to build more rapport face-to-face matters more in some cultures. So as much as we can cater uh, to what the buyer wants, that's, ideal. And I I think I've got a better understanding of that, still growing, still learning. Uh, And then certainly for hiring and working with coworkers from different backgrounds and, um, you know, ethnicities and and across the board, that's been absolutely amazing. and, And a lot of lessons learned along the way. That is really cool. I love the thought that people are people and want to buy from people as much as uh, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about the challenger sale and saying that, yeah, the relationship based seller is not, the top performer in their study. Um, I, I really think about the challenger as somebody who's a good friend, who is a good resource, who has a strong relationship and one that's strong enough that they can challenge you and you'll actually take it versus feeling like you are getting, you know, told you need to do something differently. So you buy my product forcefully versus actually having that relationship of helping them solve for the things that they care about. Yeah. And, and the challenger has to have value, right? Like, no matter the culture, you have to be able to add value from very early on in a conversation, have insights that you're presenting and an opinion of what they're doing wrong or what they could be doing better. And that is global. Absolutely. I think that's so powerful coming back to value. And I'm really curious as you've evolved through some individual contributor roles to you know, managing your own teams to then leading managers of teams, you talk about learning and evolving and continuing to still learn. Talk to me about some of the learnings that you had to go through for yourself as you moved through those different roles uh, from you know, people manager to people manager of people managing people <laughs> to see about you know, what have you had to change? What skills have you had to flex or learn along the way? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot <laughs> where to begin. Um, you know, I think you've, you've heard this before and, and I'll say it, flexible leadership, situational leadership is really important. Um, understanding where your people are and meeting them there and looking after a relationship and next steps differently than trying to standardize it across the team. Some standardization and structure is important, but I'd say that's been a, a learning curve for me. And certainly when you move to from managing reps into leading leaders, you know, these are the oftentimes the top reps that were promoted and for good reason. So there's even more sort of preparation that's needed and more that they expect of you and they should. Uh, so I had to really level up there. I'd say moving from manager into director and 
being, you know, detaching from having the answer as well, or having the right call, being a little bit more collaborative and interdependent versus independent. That's a big thing from IC into leadership. Uh, I love seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. And I, I think that I was kind of independent and autonomous for a long time as a rep. And when you move into leadership, you need to work cross-functionally with others, your managers, they're your peers in a big way and you learn from them. And I think, you know, that's humbling and it makes you vulnerable, but it's really important. So those are a couple things that come to mind first and foremost. I think those are great. As you really think about not only the resources that you've leaned on, but, continuing to learn from the other folks that are your peers and really needing to be flexible. I love that you mentioned vulnerability and I'd just be curious to hear your thoughts about how do you balance your level of vulnerability as a leader where you're not taking your team down, but you're also showing them that you are a human. Yeah. I think getting loud about my shortcomings and my mistakes, you know, not just like in an all hands meeting when everyone's there, but in one-on-ones and in team settings. And here's a deal where I didn't have a JEP or we lost this deal and here's why. I I recently, you mentioned diversity, inclusion, and belonging earlier. I I recently shot my team a note about Juneteenth being tomorrow and the importance of it and also that I still have a lot more to learn. And, and I mean it. And I think, you know, leading from the front that way, it, it creates psychological safety for people that they know, like, we're on the same page here and no one needs to feel self-conscious that, oh, you've got so much to learn or they seem to have it all figured out. Like, I don't have it all figured out. I'm about to be a new parent in a couple months. I've been asking people for tips and advice. And, you know, we do these Peloton rides as a group sometimes. And, you know, we're celebrating whoever won and and you can see on the leaderboard, like a lot of people are working on it and working on themselves and sharing that, especially in a remote culture is I think really important. I think those are all really good things to, again, connect beyond just the, you know, how's your team doing review? How is the, you know, pipeline or, you know, hiring recruiting pipeline that are all part of the job that have to happen, but can actually move into the, Oh yeah, I'm a human. I'm working out and Oh yeah, you beat me here. And uh, you know, here's where I'm struggling to, you know, still learn about these things because, you know, I think as we talk about diversity inclusion uh, it's something that a lot of us are learning. As I talk to a lot of people as a, you know, straight white dude in sales, that's the most of us uh, historically. And it's been really limiting uh, but as I've got a chance to interview some really fantastic people like Chantel George and others that have really opened my eyes and my mind. And as we've been incredibly impressive about what I, I think we've been uh, creating in HubSpot as a culture of inclusiveness and belonging for folks that historically couldn't see themselves in sales it is really, really powerful. So I love hearing you get loud about my shortcomings. I think that is really fantastic. It's thanks to help from listeners like you, this podcast can continue to grow and help others. If you found anything helpful in today's episode, please take a second, share with a friend, and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast today. Thanks.